Hey, are you dealing with any new aches and pains in your body? Well, go on over to thepurplesage.store and take a look at some of the CBD-infused products that they have there for pain management. They have some pain patches. They have lotions. They have creams and salves. They've even got the droppers for the CBD oil that you can put under your tongue. So give it a try. Hopefully it'll help. And hey, don't forget about your pup. They've also got CBD dog treats because, hey, your pups, as they get older, they start to get aches and pains too. So go on over to thepurplesage.store to get all your CBD products. Thank you. for being here. It's been a bit since I've been with you. It's been a busy week for me. Um, I did have a few items that I was planning on posting out, but I did not get a chance to do that. One of them, I didn't like the way it sounded, so I'm still working on the edit on it. And the other ones uh, I did outdoors and the wind was a little rough. So I'm trying to figure out if I can tone those down or have to redo them. But either way, here we are now. So this evening, it is a Saturday evening for me. I hope wherever you are, it feels like a Saturday evening. That you're just, you're kicked back, relaxing. Maybe got a fire going in the fireplace. Got your favorite beverage. And you're just kicking back. Maybe you got some tunes on. Yeah, that sounds like a perfect evening. It's kind of what we got going on over here. Minus the fire. Wish I had a fire going. But anyway, um, this evening I am enjoying um, a little whiskey on the rocks. And that's going to start off our conversation. This particular whiskey is Bob Dylan's Heaven's Door whiskey. In fact, the double barrel variety of the whiskey. 100 proof. Very nice, if I might say so myself. Now, I do not have a drink very often, especially these days. But when I do, Bob is definitely one of the ones that I lean on. It's a good drink. Uh, so story on this bottle, particularly, well, how I found out about it. The One of the liquor stores here in town is a chain. And so they would have events, like once a month. And it would be whatever particular distillery would be putting on a presentation. And they would have all of their varieties there uh, of the different lines. Now, a lot of these brands used to be all broke up into little tiny ones. But as we're seeing these days... Big companies are gobbling up these tiny companies. Now, sometimes they're bringing them all under one umbrella and making them better, giving them more resources, making it available for them to 
expand in areas that they wouldn't have been able to. But in sometimes they're buying them up and just turning them into vanilla. It's not even special anymore. And so, I mean, it takes the, that's what these micro brews and stuff like that seem to have going for them is there's a lot of passion. You're able to control the product at a smaller level and uh, you get your community behind you. But then when you go blowing across the country trying to do a million bottles of this when you were only doing a couple hundred, uh, the quality is going to change. It's going to have to because more ingredients, bigger batches. It's harder to keep keep that stuff. I mean, it is math, but cooking and all that stuff, there's definitely a, a science to it for sure. So anyway, this particular liquor store was having a event about – I guess they were just about to start rolling these out, the Bob Dylan Heaven's Door whiskey. So I thought, wow, I know who Bob Dylan is. I doubt he'll be there, but it'll still be kind of cool. So why not get to sample a little bit of whiskey, hear about Bob Dylan? Sounds like a pretty good evening to me. So we did. We went up there, and they had, I want to say, four varieties. So they had a straight bourbon, they had a rye, they had this double oak, or sorry, double barrel. I believe they're oak barrels. Ugh, don't get me, I'll have to read it, but don't get me lying. Anyway, it says double barrel, not double oak. Anyway, and then they had a, another one, but it, so all these were going to be for sale, except this one. They only were going to be raffling off these, and... uh I happened to win one. And I was like, wow, thanks. I appreciate it. That's awesome. And in the box, it actually has a handwritten version of one of Bob Dylan's songs. And I would lie to you if I told you which one it was. I know which one it is because I've looked at it. But I can't remember off the top of my head. It's stuffed away somewhere hidden. If you've, if you've listened to this podcast for very long... The garage, you got it. That's right. It's in the garage. So just refer back to episode one uh, about uh, my garage and its many stories. So anyway, I won this Bob Dylan, and then while we were there, this double oak was the one that I kind of had a hankering to, so that's the one that I uh, ended up purchasing and uh, still got a little bit of that bottle left. That's been over, I don't know, a year and a half ago, so obviously not a big heavy drinker, but it's still, it's not so bad. got a complexity with some caramel and maybe a hint of leather and coffee. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever listened to any of those guys that, that like the wine sommeliers, but the whiskey guys, have, they have their own that uh, give you all the flavors and peppers and hints of lemon, I guess. I mean, it's all right. It's got, there's definitely a flavor to it, and I guess I like it. That's why I drink it. So, but that leads into... The topic of the the evening. So, Bob Dylan. Now, very famous musician, songwriter, going way back, you know, in the 60s and 70s and, and 80s. And he, he's got a huge story to his life and places he's been and causes that he's, he's stood up for. And so, obviously, I'm sure he still plays. Now, with COVID, performances are spotty for pretty much any artist these days but 
I, I'm sure he still writes songs, and but also what he does, and that's where this whiskey also comes in, not only the whiskey. Now, he doesn't, to my knowledge, because I did ask the guys, he has no hand in the actual process, but he does have, he did uh, meet with them about the recipes and, and the mixes and all that kind of stuff and kind of gave him his take on what he was after. And obviously he's approved of the product that they, and he's got his name on it. So anyway, but on the, on the, the, they're, they're glass bottles, but they've got a silhouette of this crazy looking design and you can Google it up. You can look it up. Um, just Bob Dylan, heaven, heaven store whiskey, and it'll pop up a bottle. But what it is, it's it's images of gates. Apparently, he's a welder, amongst other things. And he welds his own gates and sells them to people. And apparently, this one is wild. It's got a shovel and a pickaxe and a one of those uh, augers for like doing fence posts and all this kind of stuff in a wagon wheel. And all that's all welded together in these funny shapes to make a gate. And they're made, these are actually made by Bob Dylan. And you can buy them, and I'm sure they're expensive. But Bob Dylan, uh, last I checked, 79, and still killing it, still out there welding gates and still doing it, um, grinding it out, doing his thing. That's fantastic. I mean, I hope that I'm able to continue to, to be as active uh, as that whenever I get into my 70s, near 80. Um so another one uh, that I recently it is a longtime hero of one of mine is Tony Hawk. So I saw a video of Tony Hawk at 52 pull off a 720, which is the move that he is the most famous for because that was like his signature move back in the day when he was coming up in the 80s is the 720. And it's you're, you're going up on the skateboard, coming up, a, you're doing a half pipe and you're coming up into the air and you do so 720 that's two rotations around 360 two 360s around and then landing it and back into it and so doing one a 360 by itself i don't know if you've ever done how many how many times you you, you stood out in the yard and spun around you get dizzy right okay now try to imagine doing that on a skateboard uh going up a ramp now you're in midair and you got to torque your body to to do a three two spins wow but it, so the dude's been doing them forever. But at 52, I mean, so they did a reel of him busting, him busting, him busting, not making it, not making it, not making it, and then him pulling it off. And it was just epic, you know. It, but that's the beauty of a guy like Tony Hawk. Now, like him or don't like him, know about him, don't know about him. The dude, since he's been doing it, he's been a grinder. He's been on his game. He's never stopped. He's always he's taken his brand places that people would have never imagined a skateboard brand to go and in video games and roller coaster rides at six flags and i mean it's unbelievable the the amount of impact that this guy's had out in popular culture and deservedly so but physically he's still out there just pushing himself making himself better getting trying to get you know his himself to a different to the next level and i just i admire the heck out of that and i guess that kind of goes into the final portion of, of today's topic in that i'm i'm kind of trying i try to do the same thing with myself 
Uh, so I've, I've been an entrepreneur for uh, most of my life. I, I grew up uh, working with my father at his business that he owned. And so I guess that's kind of where I got the bug to be an entrepreneur and to kind of work for myself. Uh, but of course, I did go on to work at other places coming up in construction and, and through the trade as I was uh, getting ready for my license. And I can only think of a couple that were very enjoyable. Most of them were pretty, pretty much a pain in the ass. And they've written songs about, you know, take this job and shove it and nine to five. And, you know, the list goes on. People don't like to work. <laughs> and I'm not, <laughs> I don't no, I don't mean they don't like to work. Sometimes your work environment can just really suck, but that's kind of what you're stuck with. But you're not really stuck. You're never stuck. Don't ever think you're stuck. I don't mean it to say it like that, but you feel like you're stuck. And so I guess that's always been my thing is I didn't ever want to feel like I was stuck somewhere. And anytime I would go work somewhere, because throughout my career in construction, especially it gets busy sometimes of the year. And then sometimes the years it's not good, very busy. And if you don't have a project to carry you through those slow times, you might be kind of scrapping up, trying to figure out what to do. You know, you may be without work for a week or two or a month, who knows? So that's one of the risks of running your own business. I mean, it's up to you. If you're the boss, you're the one who's going to make sure there's business coming in so that there's money going in the bank so that their money can go out of the bank to pay the bills and then to pay employers or subcontractors or whatever. So that level of, I don't know, pressure has always been there. It's more of a motivator, really, than anything for me. I've always wanted to, you know, make sure I met all my obligations. Lately, especially with COVID and everything, I've been trying a whole bunch of different things to try and generate a couple of some revenue from some other areas, not just through my construction business. And at some point in your life, you got to make a decision. Okay. Am I going to continue to punish myself, my body by dragging it up through attics and uh, carrying heavy ladders and doing all that kind of stuff? Uh, or am I going to try to find a way to at least work in an area that may be a little bit less strenuous, but that I can still produce whatever it is that I'm trying to produce. And again, as a self-employed person, it gives you a lot more freedom, but then that can also be a bit of a curse in that you've got so many different directions that you feel like you want to go. And then you kind of dilute yourself by trying too many things at once and not focusing on, um, on the main task, which is whatever it is that you had chosen to do for your, to make your, your make your living. Uh, and again, if you've listened to this podcast, uh, refer back to the capacity episode where I talk about uh, exceeding my capacity because that happens quite often. That happened this week, to be honest. Uh, again, I have so many other, so many things going on at once sometimes. And I, I had it almost down to every day was a different project that I was working on. And, but I wasn't making as much headway on any of them. And some of them needed to be done by a certain time. So I had to re kind of juggle some things around and uh, rearrange the schedule to where I could get them done in the order that needed to be done. But the problem with that was a lot of them also depended upon other people. So for instance, like this podcast, there are times whenever I do the podcast and I'm able to just put it straight into the, the app and send it out and it's good to go. But there's times where I've got to have the editing done. So I send it off to get it edited. Well, then that's, it may take them two days. So I got to figure that into how I'm planning it. And that's all this really is. It's just planning out your, your, your steps. But if you're not planning out your steps, and that goes with anything, you're not going to get anywhere. 
and I hate, I hate for this to sound like a let's reference back to some of the other episodes, but we talked about mountain climbing and it's the exact same thing. You have to prepare for whatever it is you're doing. So if, if you ever have thought about owning your own business and doing your own thing, don't, don't go into it thinking that you're just going to wake up uh, one day and you're just going to go to work and there's going to be stuff to do. You're going to have to find this stuff to do. And usually it starts out as like a hobby or something that you do kind of on the side. That's how mine started. I worked as an electrician. And then on the evenings and weekends, I put out an ad uh, looking for if anybody needed an electrician. And so that's how I started. But it it wasn't like I suddenly, and I, I because I was under the impression that it would be. And maybe you are too. I'll just tell you my little story. I, there We had a little newspaper, two of them, as a matter of fact. One of them was called The Green Sheet. And the other was called The Thrifty Nickel. And these were mostly just classified ads. They used to have those. They don't have them anymore. I guess Craigslist was kind of the first of the digital versions of the classified ads. And then most of the paper ones have just kind of gone by wayside. Anyway, so I pulled me out a little handyman ad, do electrical work and um, this and that. And I think I even put my rate in there because a lot of people put their rates in there. I think my rate was like 25 or $30 an hour. This was like in 1990, maybe. Anyway... Um, and I was only making at the time like 10 or $12 an hour. So $25 an hour to me sounded like an amazing amount of money. That was double what I was making. But I never took into account at that point the expenses of, you know, the fuel and all that kind of stuff that you have to work into your hourly rate if you're going to do hourly work. Anyway, so, yeah, so I put that thing out. And, man, I thought I had I was ready to go. I was like, honey, don't plan anything for me the rest of the week. My, my evenings are going to be booked up and nothing. You know, it was kind of a bummer. It was a good lesson. This time it didn't work, but maybe it will work next time. Now, like three or four days later, I did actually get uh, some calls out of those ads. And, you know, the rest is history, I guess. I started my business based off of that and went on from there. But the, the just the aspect of planning it out. So whenever I started, that's what I did. I just, I had my tools and I had, I had the, the knowledge I was just ready to go. But then it came time to, to pay in taxes and keeping track of receipts. And I'd never done any of that. I mean, I was still just a kid. I was in my mid twenties. Um, but I didn't know that I was supposed to keep track of any of that stuff. I mean, it, I, I, all you got to do is read a book kid, but you know, I was more of just kind of a, I was the work side of things, but somebody had to be the other side of things. So I had to figure out how to do that kind of stuff. And so again, Read a book, kid. That's what you got to do. You got to either go to the library. Nowadays, you can look up a YouTube video for pretty much anything, um, or look up on the internet for chat uh, forums or whatever. There's always going to be for whatever it is that you think that you want to start a business in. Do a little bit of research first. Um, do some. They also call it market research to find out is your area, your market, is it already oversaturated in whatever it is now. When it came to electrical work, Dallas has always been a really busy city. And so there's always been a lot of construction. Now, it's had some dips, but for the most part, it's always had something going on. So there's really never been just an oversaturation of electrical contractors. I mean, at some point, I'm sure there was. Um, I do remember slow times through the past 30 years, but for the most part, it's always been booming in our area. We've been very fortunate. So that takes a little bit. I mean, there's always competition and especially smaller guys. They're always based on price. And so they're always trying to cut each other out 
by lowering their price, which is never good because everybody really gets hurt in the whole in the long run of that. So the contractor isn't getting paid enough to do the job. So he's mad and he's not on purpose going to do a bad job, but the likelihood of, of some guys skimping whenever they're losing money on a job gets a little bit higher. So there's that. And then the customer, you may save the money, but you're really not going to get the quality of work from a, a lower cut or lower priced type uh, contractor sometimes because they may not have the experience. Uh, needed to do whatever the complexities of it is what you wanted to do so if you're wanting some like really fancy tile work done don't go for the low guy find the medium guy the guy who who can actually show you photos of work he's done and that looks as intricate as it is that you want so from, but from the contractor side of that how do i how do i separate myself from these other guys how, how do i how do i make myself stand out right and but that's like with anything in life right if you want to be noticed, you're going to have to do something to make yourself stand out. Nobody's going to just find you if you're trying to be found. So from a business perspective, advertising is, is what is basically your only alternative. And that comes in several. Back then it was newspaper. Like we said, uh, the little uh, newspapers that I put mine in phone books. Oh my gosh. If you ever sat through a phone book sales meeting, I feel for you so bad because those are the worst. I remember guys trying to pitch me on a half a page ad for like $4,000 a month. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. I'm not even paying that for the rent on my building that I'm in. And why am I going to pay you $4,000 a month? Because you've got something printed in that phone book? No. But there were people who did. There were full-page ads that were like 10000 I think. It was ridiculous to me. Now, that was, again, that was like 1995, 98 money. Um, well, no, I'll take that back. That was probably 2000 because I started my business in 2000. And so, yeah, that was probably about 2004, 2003, 2004 when I started looking at that kind of advertising because we were really going to try to blow up the business. So we had to start looking at areas that we could advertise more to get more business. Because you can't always just go knock on people's door and say, hey, I'm an electrician. Do you need one? So we had to bid on jobs and it was kind of a pain in the ass. But anyway, looking back on it, it seemed fun at the time. Uh, little did I know, uh, it just wasn't, but anyway, now that I'm looking in these other areas to, and it's things that I've wanted to do for a long time, like, like doing a podcast, not necessarily that I've been wanting to do a podcast, but I've been a musician since I was a teenager, played a guitar, and I've always wanted to do, learn about editing. And so now that I'm doing this podcast, I've started playing around with the editing. Again, go back to previously in the conversation where I said I'd send it out to get edited. If it take, if I want to get something out fast, and it just has a couple of ums and a couple of uhs that I want to pull out, how I can do that uh, in editing. Remember, don't take those out because they need to hear those. But. I, now that I'm able to do that, it's just, it, it's opened up. Uh, so with my music, now I'm starting to play around with my music and do editing on it, doing recordings and editings on it. I would have probably, I mean, I've had plenty of opportunities to learn how to do that. And I've played around and tinkered with it uh, before, but not to the scope of, that I'm doing now, that I'm act actively engaging in it. 
So it's it actually is pretty neat to be able to take a hobby that I had as a kid and then to be able to still enjoy it as an adult, but in a different manner is uh, pretty, pretty interesting. Got to say. So as you're planning out what it is that you want to do, if you're thinking of starting your own thing, make sure that not only market research, but then make sure that you figure out what is the minimum that it's going to take for me for, for this to, to just break even, because that's what it's probably going to do for the first little while is break even. But you've got to have your, your, your own bills covered. So that's what I mean by break even. You need to be able to maintain your bills. Now, if you're already not maintaining your bills now working for someplace and you want to try to start your own business, not really the best place to be. Starting a business from a place of panic or a place of scarcity is usually destined for failure. Again, trust me, I've been there many times. I've failed at so many businesses, I've lost count. And that's pretty sad. So, and, and vast majority of those is because I did not do the work. I didn't do the research. I didn't look into the viability of that business and of, of its longevity. So you don't want to do a business based on something that's popular right now that may not be popular in a, in a month or a year. You want something that, that it has some legs. that's going to last for a while if you're trying to start a business. So make sure that you're just looking into, don't get into fatty stuff. I know that seems like, hey, I might be able to make some quick money off of this, but long-term, you'll just keep bouncing from one of those to another. And most of them are losers and, and it's few people that, that hit a big win. So, but when you do find the thing that you think will be able to do it, put everything you got in it. If that's your dream, if that's your inspiration, man, don't let anybody rain on your parade. And I don't mean anybody. I mean, even if your mom's and your dad's and your wife's giving you grief about it or your husband's and you still have this feeling inside that what it is is such a good idea or what it is is this is figure out a way to work it into your life. But you still got to take care of your own stuff. You still got it. You still got to still got to make the donuts, you know, or whatever it is you got to do. You still got to pay the bills. But turn off the Netflix Put away the video game, get out a notepad, and just start start brainstorming your idea. Once you get it formed out into something that looks like it's got a structure, figure figure out how, what are your next steps? What do you need to do? Do you need to get a business license? Do you need to get do you need to get a business license? Do you need to get um, an office? Do you actually have to have a brick and mortar store? Or if you're gonna do something online, there's rules and regulations that go along with that. And that's some pretty difficult di areas to navigate if you're not very familiar with how to do advertising online or how to pay your sales tax, especially if you're selling products in other states. Man, that stuff starts to get really sticky as far as having sales, collecting sales tax from other states and then reporting it. Man, that could be a full-time job just by itself. So be careful doing the online stuff. Make sure that you're you're not... Getting, getting yourself hung up in areas 
like that that are going to kind of invite you in the ass. Because again, I I did the whole sales tax thing here in Texas. I I didn't know that I was supposed to collect sales tax. I was doing construction work. Well, there's products that are involved, and the state of Texas figures that they ought to be able to get a, a little bit of that. So, yeah, I get, I ended up getting fined thousands. It was it was ridiculous. My bank account got frozen. I woke up one morning and I had no money. My bank was empty. I went to my bank. I said, what happened to my money? They said, well, the state of Texas said that you owed them some money, so they they uh, froze your account. That's not good. That took weeks to get sorted out, so you definitely don't want to get mixed up in that. Payroll tax is the same thing. Are you looking at doing something that's got payroll involved that you're going to have to hire some folks? Don't think you're going to be able to just jot down on a napkin, hey, you're going to be a subcontractor, and you're going to pay your own taxes, and that's going to do it. I am shaking my head and rolling my eyes right now. You cannot see that, but that's what I'm doing. That is not going to work. That is a terrible business plan. Please, for all that is good, do not start your business thinking that everybody's going to be a subcontractor and that you'll be able to save money and save time doing taxes. The federal government is one of the only entities that can decimate you financially. They can take your house and your cars and your jet skis and your bass boat, and your cricket, or whatever it is that you've got. They can take it all, and still say you owe them money, and interest. So don't mess with the IRS. Oof, don't mess with them. Um, so I didn't really mean for this to be a how to start your own business episode, but I guess the, the part of it that I do want to emphasize the most on, and I'll leave it off on this, is about grinding it out, just doing the work. If you're going to start your own business, expect that it's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take pretty much all of your extra time. Other And if, if you've got, you know, wife and kids or husband and kids, or if you've got extracurricular activities that you do, you're going to have to figure out a way to either pare away some of those or shed them off to somebody else or something. But yeah, starting your own business, you can start it out small, but be prepared if it does start to, to go that you're going to have to put a lot of time into it. And to, even to get it off the ground, sometimes you're going to have to put in so much hours, so many hours. Like the stuff that I've been doing, none, some of this stuff I've been working on for months and months and months. And it's finally starting to form into something. Some of it for years that I've been working on. And it's finally starting to come into something. So not everything happens uh, overnight. So don't don't try to take an idea that's that has a lot of long-term effort that you're going to have to put into it over a long period of time and, and hope that that's going to be your big kick. Unless that's, again, it, you're doing it as a hobby and then suddenly you turn it into something. I will say this. Did anybody expect Bernie Sanders wearing a pair of mittens to turn into such a big deal? Okay. That right there proves that nobody can predict what will be the next big thing. And that poor lady made that those that uh, mittens for him out of an old scarf, or no, old sweaters. Take it apart, old sweaters. Reuse that yarn to make those those mittens. And I mean, I wasn't that keen on the the design or the color. They looked very warm, and I bet they were. That's what he said. But her email crashed because so many people wanted her to make her 
make them those mittens. Now, had she made a million mittens ahead of time and and gave those to Bernie just under the guise of him wearing those at at the inauguration, nothing would happen, guaranteed. I mean, that's just the way it goes, right? So this this poor lady could that could have been her meal ticket and for the rest of her family, probably. But you know, I'm not saying missed opportunity. But again, the uniqueness of that gift would have made it very impossible to do it on a mass scale. You could have made another mitten to look just like it, but it would have been the same thing out of reclaimed um, sweaters, uh, yarn, or whatever. But anyway, I guess that's my point. Everything is it's just, it's just a gamble, no matter what you're going to do. So if you're going to try to do something, play it safe, but you're also going to have to take some risks. So there's some balance there that you're going to have to figure out. Um, there's going to be money that you're going to have to spend. There's time. Time is the biggest thing. Gosh, there's never enough time. I'm, I mean, I'm looking right now at five different things that I should be doing, but I'm doing this, but this is part of what I should be doing. So you just got to figure out prioritization and I'm not the best at it. As a matter of fact, last week is the prime example. This is, it's, it's been a week since I've posted anything. So you've got, if you're going to do stuff like this, it's got to be on a regular schedule. And so that's also the thing that you're going to have to figure out a balance for. And that's what I'm still trying to do too, is figure out the balance on all this kind of stuff, but it's a lot of fun. I'm still enjoying it. So I hope you are too. And if you are, and in, you don't mind, I think on some of these, they've got reviews, click a review, even if it's bad, I don't care. Throw something on there just so I know somebody else is listening. So appreciate all you guys are doing out there. Keep grinding it. We'll talk to you later. Cheers.